podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hosting a get-together this fall? A dinner party, maybe? Or even a game night? Well, don't do it without Drizzly, your go-to app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door. It's basically the ultimate hosting hack, but don't tell that to the gamers. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Lukaku set to return to Stamford Bridge and Mason Mount contract saga continues. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea, rounding up the latest Chelsea news. I hope you're doing well, hope you're keeping safe. We are getting closer to that exciting Champions League draw on Friday where Chelsea will find out their opponents for the last day. It's been fun watching the last round of 16 games go on. We saw Man City absolutely blitz RB Leipzig last night. No room for Timo Werner, Erling Haaland. It's just ridiculous. We've got Inter Milan going through. We saw AC Milan beat Spurs, which was great last week. I think there are more favourable teams in this draw than not, but we'll see how the final two games go tonight between Real Madrid and Liverpool, where I, I suspect Real Madrid will get through, especially being at home in the Bernabeu in that second leg. And of course, Eindracht Frankfurt trying to get back uh, against Napoli, which does look like Napoli are going to be through because they've done incredible work this season. But we will get into some big news today regarding Lukaku and Mason Mount. Before we do, if you are new around here, hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads. Also hit that like button. It helps new people find the content. If you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min podcast network. So Inter Milan, we're going to start with Inter Milan because, of course, Romelu Lukaku. There's been a lot said in recent months about is he coming back? Is he not coming back? What is the situation? The loan hasn't really worked out that well, mainly because Lukaku has suffered with a lot of injury problems this season. And even when he got that goal, I think, um, was it the first leg against? I think it may have been the first leg against Porto, uh, which was a massive goal for him in his season. And I think there was an expectation maybe that that was going to kind of reignite his campaign for Inter Milan at the San Siro. Hasn't really happened. And it's uh, now looking more and more likely that he's going to return to Chelsea in the summer, which creates a massive headache and a massive conversation potentially to have. Uh, the Inter-CEO was basically saying, this is his quote, full quote around Lukaku, Lukaku hasn't found the fitness he needs to play his best football. He's still not at his best or the player we got to see in years gone by. Financially, of course, you know, it is, it is big for Inter Milan and for them to permanently sign Lukaku, even with a year down on his contract from Chelsea, that still was always going to be a big ask and it was always going to be a, a big conversation to have. I mean, that was the thing I think we all accepted last summer was it was Bowley right at the off, just kind of putting this headache to one side for 12 months and then having to revisit it. This also, I think, plays into the conversation around Chelsea's potential striking options. But I still do think, and this is the position, I, I I am someone who sort of sits there. And if you have been watching me on the channel, I wasn't the most harsh against Lukaku last season. I think you can find some people who kind of treated him like Voldemort, like he should not be named effectively after a while. Um, and I think he did some stupid things. I think the interview was a stupid thing to do, a really bad misjudgment at the time. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing a Chelsea player has ever done, but, you know, it turned people against him. And I think it really lost him a lot of sympathy. And some of his performances were just truly woeful and that lost him sympathy as well. 
So I think it was the right thing for all parties last summer to move on. And I still think that it's the right thing that Chelsea do not go back into the Lukaku, um, you know, sort of option again. Because I think for Lukaku, for the player, for the fans, it's not healthy. We've had a lot of problems at Chelsea, a lot of chaos. And I think the division that we saw is just, it's just not a nice place to be, I think, for anyone. The issue is, where does he go? Does he go back on Inter, back to Inter Milan on a second loan? You can't go on two-year loans, but he could hypothetically go back there again or somewhere else. We will see how that plays out. But in terms of who Chelsea are going to get, I'm, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on who you think Chelsea should be trying to sign in the summer because it is clear that Chelsea do need to target a striker. That is probably one of the key areas along with, say, another central midfielder, a more defensive-minded midfielder, in my personal opinion, for the summer, along with who we've invested in, in, in Enzo Fernandez, and with Jorginho obviously moving on, the potential that, say, Mateo Kovacic could still move on in the summer. So I do think that in itself is still a big position. But we have heard several names. Victor Osman, of course, has had a ridiculous season at Napoli, who were likely going to win Serie A. They're playing some of the best football in Europe right now, probably the, the most entertaining football in European football, which, you know to have the title to go on with it potentially at the end of the season, which looks more and more likely with each win they get, is massive. And, and we know how difficult it is to negotiate with Napoli. And to get Osman out is going to take a ridiculous fee, but he has scored a lot of goals this season. We do have a certain buyback clause. I think it's around 80 million on a certain player called Tammy Abraham, who I still think it was a mistake for, for Chelsea to let Tammy Abraham go. I've seen nothing since then to make me think that it was the right move I, ju I just don't I think that it was still a, it was one of Thomas Tuchel's worst decisions I really do I, ju I just don't think that you know I know someone was sort of reposting and retweeting and I saw it sharing that sort of unpopular football opinions thing and I, I still believe that if we kept Tammy Abraham someone who was scoring at least 15 goals 12 to 15 goals a season for us before you know when he moved up to the senior level at Chelsea I just felt that he would have kept on scoring goals and I think the link that we saw with say Akai Havertz I think was really encouraging but there are potentially other options there I mean you've got from a Premier League perspective Ivan Tony with Chelsea going for someone like him I think that is a very underrated player who I think has a lot to his game that that is to like but I think there is going to have to be a real conversation over what Chelsea are looking for in a centre forward and what is going to be prioritised in that centre forward because it probably will cost us a lot or is there an alternative route? You know, we are bringing in Christopher Nkunku that has kind of been reaffirmed again in recent days and although he isn't a classic number nine, he is a forward, you know, in the sense that I think he would play in one of those central roles. So is that your striker and you actually aren't going to invest in someone else? I think someone who has been forgotten is Armando Breuer, a very raw young striker and of course suffered with a really bad injury back in December. But I think people have forgotten that he is still a Chelsea player and he will return hopefully in the summer and was someone that I think was hopefully going to develop into something this year. But that was really put on pause and obviously it's very hard to kind of gauge at the moment how that really bad injury is going to affect him. We know how difficult it is for players to return from injuries like that. We will see, but I think Lukaku, the, the Lukaku Chelsea story is, is ending and I think it should have ended last summer. It did and I think that you'll see that sort of play out again, even if it is alone for next season. The second thing to speak about today is Mason Mount. The contract situation and the drama once again. Matt Law reports this um, it's part opinion, part reporting on the on the situation. So it's losing Mason Mount will be a calamity for Chelsea. That's a headline. The byline speaks about comparisons within his numbers at this point in his career to Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Obviously eye-catching, obviously something that not a lot of people are going to agree with. But at the same point, when you actually read the piece, there's a lot more to it. 
It's about his potential selection, likely selection for Gareth Southgate with England at the next international break. How he's not been a part of Chelsea's last three squads due to a pelvic injury, but will likely be back for this weekend. And of course, the contract situation, which still seems to be at a complete stalemate. And what does that mean for Chelsea? And Matt Law's opinion, like a lot of Chelsea fans' opinion, that he should not be sold this summer. And it makes kind of no sense that Chelsea wouldn't be bending over backwards to try and nail down a player who has been a key part of Chelsea in the last three years. And if, you know, you can talk about this season all you want, but the last three seasons, I think Mason Mount has been our best player. Um, I think this season, obviously, he hasn't been. He's been way off the pace, but that does not mean you write off the last three years of what he did. And, I, you know, I, I said a few weeks ago and I, I got some people sort of on Twitter sort of arguing about like me sort of defending the ownership uh, over Mason Mount. I personally think that it'd be stupid and really horrible to lose Mason Mount, to make that clear. All I was saying is I was going at it from the perspective of what the ownership apparently is looking to do with these players and why... They aren't going to be, a, I think, a group that is just going to allow player contracts to run down to their expiry. And I think that they will want to make proactive decisions. Because I say that, that doesn't mean I want Mason Mount to be sold. So I think, you know, just to make that clear, I think that Chelsea, despite Mason Mount's struggles, you should be handing him that new deal. I think he's proven enough to show and that quality to show he can be a massive player for this club in the future. I think he is at a point, a, a bit of limbo at the moment or a little bit of uncertainty over what is the rest of his career going to look like? What is his positioning going to look like in this team? I think that's a big question. Is he personally, does he have the stomach to be an inside forward for the next three or four years if Graham Potter is going to sort of continue along with this 3-4-3 system? Because that's kind of what he become became under Thomas Tuchel compared to what he was under Frank Lampard, where he said it himself. He said it multiple times in his career so far. He wants to play as a number eight. If Chelsea aren't going to play a number eight up rather than a number six, what does that mean for his career? Would he go somewhere else, say a Man City, and Man United and Liverpool where he would get that role and he would be able to play in his best position and would that be best for his own personal development so that comes into the conversation as well but I would say on people who are writing off Mason Mount is I think and it's an obvious comparison to make but an obvious thing to say right now but I think Marcus Rashford is just proving that how foolish and naive it is to write off young players you know player development it is not always linear and sometimes it will go up at a certain period, it will go down, and Mason Mount isn't exactly what you'd call in his prime right now, although he has played a lot of football in his career. He is coming up to the age of 24, 25. So he, this contract is massive for him in terms of defining his career, particularly with the ownership wanting to put him probably on a very long contract, um, six to seven years. Obviously, that's a big commitment personally for him. And as we've seen, as he probably maybe looks at some of his international teammates like Harry Kane, how problematic that has been if you want to get out of a club. Of course, as Chelsea fans, we don't want to think like that. You want to think that Mason Mount and all these players are signing long-term deals and Chelsea are going to be successful. They're going to be winning titles. So the the sort of the, the clamour to leave a club is not going to be that strong because why would you leave a club that's successful? But quite clearly, that probably is coming into Mason Mount's mind. And I think it would logically come into a lot of players' minds uh, when they're thinking about their own personal career and what's best for them. There's a lot of variables that comes into this. I do think the new ownership, despite that sort of tough stance, I think it's a balancing act of, of looking at players and what value they're offering. And I think Mason Mount, way more than not over the last three years, has offered this team so much value. And I think there is a lot of value in sticking with him, of giving him that pay rise, of making him a key part of this team, just like you did with Reese James. But obviously that is not a, a simple conversation because I, I think that probably there is a, a personal side to it, maybe with Mason Mount, of you know 
being curious about what's going to happen in his career what is the the personal sort of development plan for him at Chelsea but I do get the sense that Mason Mount clearly has a, a love for Chelsea and a connection to Chelsea and I think it'd be very special to see him sign that contract along with Reese James but I also want to delve into what Matt Law was talking about when he was making those comparisons to Gerard and Lampard this is what he said in the piece it is not hard to see why Jurgen Klopp Eric Ten Hag and Pep Guardiola are looking past the here and now while preparing to form an orderly queue for Mount if he does not agree a new contract and Chelsea decide to listen to bids for him in the summer Klopp may well know that before turning 25 Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard Gerard had made 200 league appearances, 72 more than Mount has so far in his career, and scored 27 goals, the same number Mount has netted for Chelsea. Looking at goals and assists, Gerard totaled 58, nine more than Mount, who does not turn 25 until January next year. Chelsea should certainly be aware that before his 25th birthday, Lampard had played in 223 league games, almost 100 more than Mount's 128 so far, but only scored eight more goals than his former player currently has. In terms of goals, and assists, Lampard was only three better than Mount's up-to-date league total of 49. Frank Lampard is Chelsea's greatest ever player. You stack any of these young players, you stack anyone up against Frank Lampard, they're going to fail because the the weight of the icon of Frank Lampard is is a big shadow and to try and, and, and of course there is connection between that player and the coach Lampard, but obviously when we're talking about the player himself, it's not, you know, it's not making the argument and I don't think Matt Law's making the argument and I wouldn't make the argument, even in defense of Mount, to say he's going to be like Frank Lampard because I, I highly doubt we're ever going to find someone like Frank Lampard again. I think for a long time, given the number of goals he scored and particularly those first few difficult years of his career when it was really after Jose Mourinho came in and you listen to Frank Lampard, you listen to JT speak, how much that changed his career and who Lampard was as a player, the motivation he had, the work ethic he had, the talent he had, the intelligence he had to continue developing in his career you know, the anticipation to arrive, you know, we can talk about all the things about Frank Lampard and I would do for hours of how brilliant he was. So to, you know, for any player, whether it's Mason Mount, whether it's anyone you stack up in the current team, that's a tall order. But I think what it shows is to people who are writing him off right now that you do it at your peril. I think maybe Rashford is is maybe a more compelling argument is to say to write off a young player who's struggling because 12 months ago there were a lot of people kind of turning around and going what's happening with Marcus Rashford is it is it worth him moving away from Manchester United has he already reached his peak at Man United look at where he is now look how ferocious he looks in front of goal not many people would have predicted this Marcus Rashford a year ago you knew he had the talent but a new coach has come in, a system that's given him more responsibility. Maybe he's cleared his head of, of some things that maybe he was struggling with at Old Trafford. There are a lot of variables, as we always know, footballers of why things are going right, why things are going wrong. Maybe some fitness problems he struggled with. Now he looks like an incredible player once again, a very effective player. Mason Mount, during some of his best runs at Chelsea, looked like an incredible player. He does not look like that at the moment. But the challenge for Chelsea, the challenge for Graham Potter, if we keep Mason Mount, is trying to find the best position, the best way to get that Mason Mount back again on a more consistent basis. I think the first step of that, the most important step of that is giving Mason Mount this new contract because that is a big signing for this ownership. And I think it's very important that they get it done because I think it would be a massive blow to lose Mason Mount to a big rival. That's my fault. But that is it for today's edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch or listen to it. You can follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon. All the best.
Lukaku set to return to Stamford Bridge and Mason Mount contract saga continues. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea, rounding up the latest Chelsea news. Hope you're doing well, hope you're keeping safe. We are getting closer to that exciting Champions League draw on Friday where Chelsea will find out their opponents for the last day. It's been fun watching the last round of 16 games go on. We saw Man City absolutely blitz RB Leipzig last night. No room for Timo Werner, Erling Haaland. It's just ridiculous. We've got Inter Milan going through. We saw AC Milan beat Spurs, which was great last week. I think there are more favourable teams in this draw than not, but we'll see how the final two games go tonight between Real Madrid and Liverpool, where I suspect Real Madrid will get through, especially being at home in the Bernabeu in that second leg. And of course, Eintracht Frankfurt trying to get back against Napoli, which does look like Napoli are going to be through because they've done incredible work this season. But we will get into some big news today regarding Lukaku and Mason Mount. Before we do, if you are new around here, hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads. Also hit that like button, it helps new people find the content. If you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. So Inter Milan, we're going to start with Inter Milan because of course, Romelu Lukaku. There's been a lot said in recent months about is he coming back? Is he not coming back? What is the situation? The loan hasn't really worked out that well, mainly because Lukaku has suffered with a lot of injury problems this season. And even when he got that goal, I think, um, was it the first leg against? I think it may have been the first leg against Porto, uh, which was a massive goal for him in his season. And I think there was an expectation maybe that that was going to kind of reignite his campaign for Inter Milan at the San Siro. Hasn't really happened. He didn't feature last night. And it's uh, now looking more and more likely he's going to return to Chelsea in the summer which creates a massive headache and a massive conversation potentially to have uh, the Inter CEO was basically saying this is his quote full quote around Lukaku Lukaku hasn't found the fitness he needs to play his best football he's still not at his best or the player we got to see in years gone by financially of course you know it is, it is big for Inter Milan and for them to permanently sign Lukaku even with a year down in his contract from Chelsea that still was always going to be a big ask and it was always going to be a, a big conversation to have I mean that was the thing I think we all accepted last summer was it was Bowley right at the off just kind of putting this headache to one side for 12 months and having to revisit it this also I think plays into the conversation around Chelsea's potential striking options but I still do think, and this is the position, I, I I am someone who sort of sits there. And if you haven't been watching me on the channel, I wasn't the most harsh against Lukaku last season. I think you can find some people who kind of treated him like Voldemort, like he should not be named effectively after a while. Um, and I think he did some stupid things. I think the interview was a stupid thing to do, a really bad misjudgment at the time. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing a Chelsea player has ever done, but, you know, it turned people against him. And I think it really lost him a lot of sympathy and some of his performances were just truly woeful and that lost him sympathy as well. So I think it was the right thing for all parties last summer to move on. And I still think that it's the right thing that Chelsea do not go back into the Lukaku, um, you know, sort of option again, because I think for Lukaku, for the player, for the fans, it's not healthy. We've had a lot of problems at Chelsea, a lot of chaos. And I think the the vision that we saw is just it's just not a nice place to be I think for anyone the issue is where does he go does he go back on Inter back to Inter Milan on a second loan you can't go on two year loans but he could hypothetically go back there again or somewhere else we will see how that plays out but in terms of who Chelsea are going to get I'm, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on who you think Chelsea should be trying to sign in the summer because it is clear that Chelsea do need to target a striker that is probably one of the key areas 
along with, say, another central midfielder, a more defensive-minded midfielder, in my personal opinion, for the summer, along with who we've invested in, in, in Enzo Fernandez, and with Jorginho obviously moving on, the potential that, say, Mateo Kovacic could still move on in the summer. So I do think that in itself is still a big position but we have heard several names Victor Osman of course has had a ridiculous season at Napoli who were likely going to win Serie A they're playing some of the best football in Europe right now probably the the most entertaining football in European football which you know to have the title to go on with it potentially at the end of the season which looks more and more likely with each win they get is massive and, and we know how difficult it is to negotiate with Napoli and to get Osman out it's going to take a ridiculous feat but he has scored a lot of goals this season we do have a certain buyback clause. I think it's around 80 million on a certain player called Tammy Abraham, who I still think it was a mistake for, for Chelsea to let Tammy Abraham go. I've seen nothing since then to make me think that it was the right move. I just, I just don't. I think that it was still a, it was one of Thomas Tuchel's worst decisions. I really do. I, I just don't think that, you know, I know, someone was sort of reposting and retweeting and I saw it sharing that sort of unpopular football opinions thing. And I, I still believe that, if we kept Tammy Abraham, someone who was scoring at least 15 goals, 12 to 15 goals a season for us before, you know, when he moved up to the senior level at Chelsea, I just felt that he would have kept on scoring goals. And I think the link that we saw with, say, Akai Havertz, I think was really encouraging. But there are potentially other options there. I mean, you've got from a Premier League perspective, Ivan Tony, with Chelsea going for someone like him. I think that is a very underrated player who I think has a lot to his game that, that is to like. But... I think there is going to have to be a real conversation over what Chelsea are looking for in a centre-forward and what is going to be prioritised in that centre-forward because it probably will cost us a lot or is there an alternative route? You know, we are bringing in Christopher Nkunku. That's kind of been reaffirmed again in recent days. And although he isn't a classic number nine, he is a forward, you know, in the sense that I think he would play in one of those central roles. So is that your striker? And you actually aren't going to invest in someone else. I think someone who has been forgotten is Armando Breuer very raw young striker and of course suffered with a really bad injury back in December but I think people have forgotten that he is still a Chelsea player and he will return hopefully in the summer and with someone that I think was hopefully going to develop into something this year but that was really put on pause and obviously it's very hard to kind of gauge at the moment how that really bad injury is going to affect him we know how difficult it is for players to return from injuries like that so hopefully we see Breyer return but I think it is a, is a big conversation and the awkward one is Lukaku it really is because you know, I just dread to think a situation, maybe not in pre-season, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but like more so if you're getting to the start of next season and you still have Lukaku there and, and the fan reaction to him is just going to be so negative, they need to sort it out. But I do get the sense they would sort it out sooner rather than later. But it is a thing we have to think about, you know, if he is coming back, Chelsea have to sort it. And what is the resolution going to be? I don't think the resolution is bringing him back into the fray with Chelsea. The only thing I would say is, You've got Ben Chilwell fit, you've got Reese James fit, you've got Enzo Fernandez now. I did feel for a lot of last season that it was a shame that we didn't see Lukaku, Chilwell and Reese kind of on the same pitch um, in barely any games. I mean, I think it may have been one or two in the end based on all of those players' injury problems and when they got injured. So we will see, but I think Lukaku, the, the lukaku Joe story is, is ending and I think it should have ended last summer. It did and I think you'll see that sort of play out again even if it is alone for next season the second thing to speak about today is Mason Mount the contract situation and the drama once again over a piece of reporting and people just you know the, the same people who just always act despicably on, online and, and hurl abuse at Mason Mount and as well people just not understanding what a report is I mean so Matt Law reports this 
um, it, it's part opinion, part reporting on the, on the situation. So it's losing Mason Mount will be a calamity for Chelsea. That's a headline. The byline speaks about comparisons within his numbers at this point in his career to Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Obviously eye-catching, obviously something that not a lot of people are going to agree with. But at the same point, when you actually read the piece, there's a lot more to it. It's about his potential selection, likely selection for Gareth Southgate with England at the next international break. How he's not been a part of Chelsea's last three squads due to a pelvic injury, but will likely be back for this weekend. And of course, the contract situation, which still seems to be at a complete stalemate. And what does that mean for Chelsea? And Matt Law's opinion, like a lot of Chelsea fans' opinion, that he should not be sold this summer. And it makes kind of no sense that Chelsea wouldn't be bending over backwards to try and nail down a player who has been a key part of Chelsea in the last three years. And if, you know, you can talk about this season all you want, but the last three seasons, I think Mason Mount has been our best player. Um, I think this season, obviously, he hasn't been. He's been way off the pace, but that does not mean you write off the last three years of what he did. And, I, you know, I, I said a few weeks ago, and I, I got some people sort of on Twitter sort of arguing about, like, me sort of defending the ownership uh, over Mason Mount. I personally think that it'd be stupid and really horrible to lose Mason Mount, to make that clear. All I was saying is I was going at it from the perspective of what the ownership apparently is looking to do with these players and why... They aren't going to be, a, I think, a group that is just going to allow player contracts to run down to their expiry. And I think that they will want to make proactive decisions. Because I say that, that doesn't mean I want Mason Mount to be sold. So I think, you know, just to make that clear, I think that Chelsea, despite Mason Mount's struggles, you should be handing in that new deal. I think he's proven enough to show and that quality to show he can be a massive player for this club in the future. I think he is at a point, a bit of limbo at the moment or a little bit of uncertainty over what is the rest of his career going to look like? What is his positioning going to look like in this team? I think that's a big question. Is he personally, does he have the stomach to be an inside forward for the next three or four years if Graham Potter is going to sort of continue along with this 3-4-3 system? Because that's kind of what he become became under Thomas Tuchel compared to what he was under Frank Lampard, where he said it himself, he said it multiple times in his career so far, he wants to play as a number eight. If Chelsea aren't going to play a number eight up rather than a number six, what does that mean for his career? Would he go somewhere else, say in Man City, a Man United or Liverpool where he would get that role and he would be able to play in his best position and would that be best for his own personal development so that comes into the conversation as well but I would say on people who are writing off Mason Mount is I think and it's an obvious comparison to make but an obvious thing to say right now but I think Marcus Rashford is just proving that how foolish and naive it is to write off young players and I firmly believe this with a load of young players because players developments go up and down I think that you know I think, you know, sort of teenage project, you know, player development it is not always linear and sometimes it will go up at a certain period, it will go down and Mason Mount isn't exactly what you'd call in his prime right now, although he has played a lot of football in his career. He is coming up to the age of 24, 25. So he, this contract is massive for him in terms of defining his career, particularly with the ownership wanting to put him probably on a very long contract, um, six to seven years. Obviously, that's a big commitment personally for him. And as we've seen, as he probably maybe looks at some of his international teammates like Harry Kane, how problematic that has been if you want to get out of a club. Of course, as Chelsea fans, we don't want to think like that. You want to think that Mason Mount and all these players are signing long-term deals and Chelsea are going to be successful. They're going to be winning titles. So the the sort of the, the clamour to leave a club is not going to be that strong because why would you leave a club that's successful? But quite clearly, that probably is coming into Mason Mount's mind. And I think it would logically come into a lot of players' minds uh, when they're thinking about their own personal career and what's best for them. There's a lot of variables that comes into this. 
I do think the new ownership, despite that sort of tough stance, I think it's a balancing act of, of looking at players and what value they're offering. And I think Mason Mount, way more than not over the last three years, has offered this team so much value. And I think there is a lot of value in sticking with him, of giving him that pay rise, of making him a key part of this team, just like you did with Reese James. But obviously that is not a, a simple conversation because I, I think that probably there is a, a personal side to it, maybe with Mason Mount, of you know being curious about what's going to happen in his career. What is the, the personal sort of development plan for him at Chelsea? But I do get the sense that Mason Mount clearly has a, a love for Chelsea and a connection to Chelsea. And I think it'd be very special to see him sign that contract along with Rhys James. So I really hope it gets done. The other part to this, and I, I did just want to say, because I did mention it at the start of kind of just the reaction and the nonsense around kind of the overblown stuff I just see consistently on social media around Mason Mount. We, we discussed it enough on this channel, but like... The, the slander of stuff that gets and the nonsense stuff is just never it's never backed by any sort of evidence or fact of Matt Law or any other journalist who reports anything positive about it's mainly Mason Mount but I, I've seen it so often in the last three years and it's and it's kind of something that uh, you probably can find in other fan bases when they're talking about players and head coaches that if you say something positive about someone you clearly are getting paid by them that's kind of like the the accusation now of course you don't on social media when you're an anonymous account you don't have to provide any evidence for that kind of uh and on the the lampard gerard thing of course that is a high comparison like that is a that is a massive thing to compare when you actually look at the numbers and this is what uh I do just want to delve into what, but I also want to delve into what Matt Law was talking about when he was making those comparisons to Gerard and Lampard. This is what he said in the piece. It is not hard to see why Jurgen Klopp, Eric Ten Hag and Pep Guardiola are looking past the here and now while preparing to form an orderly queue for Mount if he does not agree a new contract and Chelsea decide to listen to bids for him in the summer. Klopp, well, Klopp may well know that before turning 25, Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard had made 200 league appearances, 72 more than Mount has so far in his career, and scored 27 goals, the same number Mount has netted for Chelsea. Looking at goals and assists, Gerrard totaled 58, nine more than Mount, who does not turn 25 until January next year. Chelsea should certainly be aware that before his 25th birthday, Lampard had played in 223 league games, almost 100 more than Mount's 128 so far, but only scored eight more goals than his former player currently has. In terms of goals and assists, Lampard was only three better than Mount's up-to-date league total of 49. Frank Lampard is Chelsea's greatest ever player. You stack any of these young players, you stack anyone up against Frank Lampard, they're going to fail because the, the weight of the icon of Frank Lampard is a, is a big shadow. And to try and, and, and of course, there is connection between that player and the coach Lampard. But obviously, when we're talking about the player himself, it's not, you know, it's not making the argument. And I don't think Matt Law's making the argument. And I wouldn't make the argument, even in defensive mount, to say he's going to be like Frank Lampard because I, I highly doubt we're ever going to find someone like Frank Lampard again. I think for a long time, given the number of goals he scored and particularly those first few difficult years of his career when it was really after Jose Mourinho came in and you listen to Frank Lampard, you listen to JT speak, how much that changed his career and who Lampard was as a player, the motivation he had, the work ethic he had, the talent he had, the intelligence he had to continue developing in his career. You know, the anticipation to arrive. You know, we can talk about all the things about Frank Lampard and I would do for hours of how brilliant he was. So, to you know, for any player, whether it's Mason Mount, whether it's anyone you stack up in the current team, that's a tall order. But I think what it shows is to people who are writing him off right now 
that you do it at your peril. I think maybe Rashford is, is maybe a more compelling argument is to say to write off a young player who's struggling because 12 months ago there were a lot of people kind of turning around and going what's happening with Marcus Rashford is it is it worth him moving away from Manchester United has he already reached his peak at Man United look at where he is now look how ferocious he looks in front of goal not many people would have predicted this Marcus Rashford a year ago you knew he had the talent but a new coach has come in, a system that's given him more responsibility. Maybe he's cleared his head of, of some things that maybe he was struggling with at Old Trafford. There are a lot of variables, as we always know, footballers, of why things are going right, why things are going wrong. Maybe some fitness problems he struggled with. Now he looks like an incredible player once again, a very effective player. Mason Mount, during some of his best runs at Chelsea, looked like an incredible player. He doesn't look like that, look like that at the he does not look like that at the moment. But the challenge for Chelsea, the challenge for Graham Potter, if we keep Mason Mount, is trying to find the best position, the best way to get that Mason Mount back again on a more consistent basis. I think the first step of that, the most important step of that, is giving Mason Mount this new contract because that is a big signing for this ownership. And I think it's very important that they get it done because I think it would be a massive blow to lose Mason Mount to a big rival. That's my fault. But that is it for today's edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch or listen to it. You can follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.